yes and amen. Let's stand together if you can to honor God's word to us this morning. We're gonna be reading from Genesis chapter 12 and I am excited to share this morning. This is, this is a scripture that uh, is gonna be kind of our key text that we're gonna jump from this morning. I'll read it, you guys can follow along. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham, Abraham, Abram went as the Lord had told him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word to us this morning, and we're going to lean into your yes this morning, Father. So tune our ears um, to hear from you. We want to hear a word from our Father this morning. So your sons and daughters, God, prepare our hearts, um, prepare our eyes, prepare our ears. Um, that's what we want. We don't want to be, we, we want to be changed as a result of being in your presence. We fully expect that. We come expectant this morning. So speak. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. So... This morning, we are going to talk about your most valuable possession. We're talking about the thing that's in your hands uh, right now that you should care for more than any other thing that's in your hands. And we're talking about the gift that God has given you and how you steward that gift. It is precious and it is powerful and it is your yes. Um, you are in possession right now of the potential of that tiny word, and that word is connected to your expectations and your will and your ways, and with it, you can open up by saying yes to the right things, a gateway that is a life that is blessed by God, but you can also open up a gateway by saying yes to the wrong things, a gauntlet of regret for your life. And so that little word yes and that companion you know, word, even smaller word no, are the two building blocks that are gonna construct your Monday and your 2021 year, your 2021 trip around the sun and your year in college and your first year at your new job. And, and, and they're going to ultimately construct your entire life. Your most valuable possession is your yes. And so we kind of get this complicated, this, this complicated big image view of our lives. But when you break it all down, our lives are the result of our yeses and our noes. That's why it is the most precious commodity in your possession right now. It, it can't be treated glibly and it, it, it just can't be yeah and uh-huh and, and maybe and uh-huh and, and nah and no and yeah and yes. It has to be carefully curated because this yes that we have in our hands is a building block for our life. And I was learning a little bit about coding um, when I was finishing up Bible college. And the reason I was doing that, I was, I was thinking I was going to be going into networking. I was pretty sure that um, I wasn't going to be hired at, at the church I was going back to for full-time ministry coming right out of Bible school. That wasn't God's plans, but that's what I, I thought was going to happen. So I was planning on tech stuff as a backup income. And so I was, I was you know, I thought about, you know, sitting at a desk or, or even a corner office. That kind of sounded good to me. And so I'm an introvert at heart and, and codes are, coders are invisible 
for the most part. They are the guys that, you know, they're behind the scenes, they're in the background, they're occupying the space, you know, in the office that is down six halls and then down two floors in a locked room, but they are under heavy pressure to get things fixed so that everybody outside of that room on the outside can do whatever they need to be doing, right? So it's an important role. And so coders, they're the ones, you know, that make your phone work. They're the ones that um, when you send a message to a friend, um, they get it and they open it. And it's not just a bunch of gibberish. You know, when you open it up, it actually says what you wanted it to say. And that message flew through the air to their device and their device understood it and they put it on their screen and you attached a, you know, a little photograph that's in the right colors to match the photograph that you actually took in real life when you sent it their way. So what you read on that little screen that you have there, it's all based on code. So you with me? Still with me? So the, the text, that, that little text, that thing, that was based on code. And, and what I learned about code is that code is made up of bits and bytes. Eight bits forms a byte, and then that byte, the, those bytes link up together and they have more power to transfer more information. But the bits are just two numbers. All of it is built on two numbers. And I'm like, you know, are you, are you kidding me? You start looking at this, all this technology that we're using and every single day, it's all built on kind of two little switches, right? The number one and the number zero. And so the combination in an eight bit byte of ones and zeros and how they are ordered gives you the opportunity with whatever device that you're using to understand what's being transmitted. And so the one is on, I learned, and the zero, therefore, is off. So the information is coming all the time, on, 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 off, on, 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 off, and you know, all of a sudden, that means lowercase t goes here. You know, that's, that's kind of how it goes. I just made that up. I don't know if that's a lowercase t or not, um, but it's something like that. You know, on, off, on, off, on, off, 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 on. You know, okay, you want a period there? Great, we got you, boom, right? And so it all comes down to the ones and the zeros. Our whole digital world is built on an on or an off in the very same way that the script of our lives is built on a yes and our no. And so it all comes down to the power of our yes and the power of your no. And what God wants us to see, I believe this morning, he's already been kind of been leaning into this even through our worship time this morning and speaking through this, that you have the ability to open the way into a life that God wants to bless by the power of your yes. And so where do we start? So this morning, I, I want to start with what I think is going to be the biggest yes. And this is our series leading us into the Easter weekend. We're going to be on this for the next few weeks. And most of us would kind of like to start in our lives with a very specific yes. And maybe, you know, even going down the road of this idea of yes and no, you're thinking, yeah, you know, man, I hope I get my yes and I hope I get my no my, because I need a very specific yes and I need a very specific no. But I have a feeling Sean's going to get spiritual on me and I'm not going to give you get my specific yes or, or, or my specific no this morning. And I would counter with you um, that absolutely you can get a specific yes or no because your heavenly father is very concerned about you this morning. He's very concerned about your life this morning, right here and right now. And I believe that someone came today, probably is right here in this room or watching online, and I just sense that your whole destiny has a potential to change this morning. And God is calling you up to a yes possibility. God is calling us up to a yes possibility and may just be calling you out of that negativity into that idea that you can say yes to what God has for you. And, and your mindset is gonna shift this morning and change. But, but let me just say, 
You know, as, as we kind of kick this off, if you need a specific yes or a specific no, we're going to talk about that next week. So come back next week. Uh, but this morning, we're, we're beginning with the biggest yes. And the biggest yes is not a plan. The biggest yes is to a person. Amen? It's you and me doing what all ministry is founded on, and we could rest it in this, in this scripture, Isaiah 26, 8, the first two words, the most powerful words in the birth of any church or ministry. We were birthed in 1998, um, all the way to this present moment, and wherever God takes us, our two most powerful words are the opening words of this text. What do they say? Yes, Lord, for your name and for your renown. This is what we're doing this for. Yes, Lord. And so Brent Tana Parker, our founding pastor, said yes, Lord, to planning destiny in 1998. So see, it's not, yes, you know, I like this plan that you've got for my life, or it's, it's not, you know, yes, this is going to be an, necessarily a, an amazing season for me in Rapid City. It's not yes to a detailed blueprint necessarily of how everything's going to unfold. If I take this step, the yes is to a person, not a plan. And so that's where God wants us to start, I think, this morning. It doesn't mean that he wants to leave you hanging. He, he doesn't want to leave you without the confidence of making a specific yes or a specific no. He just wants us to back up to something that's going to help you uh, a lot more than that. And so, you know, you're like, no, what's going to help me the most right now is to get specific. Should I take the job or should I not take the job? You know, um, you know that's what I really need right now. No, you need to know something more than that right now. You need to know a person right now, who's bigger than the job and bigger than any opportunity and bigger than this trip around the sun and bigger than your dreams and bigger than whatever you see in the future, bigger than whatever you're afraid of from the past. He is great and mighty God. And he's saying, I want you to start by saying yes to me. And so we see this in Genesis chapter 12. This is the story of Abraham. And this is God's invitation this morning. Verse one, it says, now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that, and hear, hear, hear these words that are in this invitation. Go to the land that I will show you. You see that? So <laughs> here's God. He says, I want you to leave everything. I, I want you to go somewhere, but I'm not going to tell you exactly where we're going yet. <laughs> but I'm going to show, I, I am going to show you eventually where we're going. And I, in other words, I'm not asking you, Abraham, to say yes to a detailed plan about where we're going. I just want you to leave everything behind and go with me. Is that okay this morning? That's what, that's what he was saying right here. You're, you're, you're like, you know, why would God do that? Well, if, if, if you read just a few verses back, and if you go back into the last chapter, Abraham's father was Terah, that was his name, and Terah was supposed to be moving forward to the promised land. That's where, that was what God had spoken to him, but Terah, it says, along with Abraham and Abraham's wife, Sarai, and Abraham's nephew, Lot, they had settled down with the Ur of the Chaldeans, and they had ceased on their journey, it says, to the promised land. Now, I just want to pause right there, because... I believe that somebody this morning has settled down in your earth, the Chaldeans. Don't settle. Don't settle. When God is leading you to a better place and calling you to a, a, a bigger life and maybe a better yes and calling you to something more, don't settle. But yet you, like Tara and I, like I have, like we all have probably in this room, at some point settled down into the earth, the Chaldeans. But now God, who still has this plan... 
comes to another man and he invites him to step into the plan. So he says, Abraham, leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. I'll show you eventually. No plan, but a promise. Now, one thing about God, God always gives you a promise when he invites you to step into his yes. (laughs) And his promises are good. He always gives you a promise when he invites you to put uh, your yes on the table with him. And so listen to the promises that he, that he made to Abraham. This is the verse that we opened up today with. It says, I, 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 I put this on the screen and I capitalize these words. Every time we get to one of those words that I capitalize, I want you to say it out loud with me, okay? So I'm gonna read it. When you see those words that are capitalized, read it with me, okay? I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. Let's do that one more time. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a, say it with me, blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So yes, It's a big step, Abraham, but here's the promise. If you take this step with me, not with the plan, but with me, if you step out and go with me, I'm gonna bless you and I'm gonna make your name great and I'm gonna make you a blessing and I'm gonna bless the people who bless you and I'm gonna stand in the way of the people who curse you and I'm gonna bless all the people on the planet (laughs) because of you. Five blessings are attached to this yes, five promises from God to this one yes from Abraham. And it's not to a plan, it's to a person. So we are at a a one or a zero moment, right? We are at an on or an off moment. We are at a decision point in the life of a real flesh and blood guy like you and me. And so we pause, what's gonna happen? And this seems like an amazing invitation, huge stakes, no clear plan, just the invitation of an almighty God and a promise of a blessing, 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 blessing. So, and we wait for the one and the zero, for the on or the off, for the yes and the no. So let's read verse four, and this is what it says. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Abraham said yes, not to a map, but a person. Abraham had heard about Jehovah God and he knew that Noah had come through the flood and and he knew and understood that God had a redemption and, and a restoration plan that was underway. And he had confidence in God that if he stepped out with him, he would not be disappointed. Now you might say, well, what does God have against, you know, giving me some details? I mean, you know, is it terrible for us to get, you know, an occasional hint as, you know, what's involved? And I'll tell you why I think God doesn't all the time, you know, give too many details when he's asking you to, you know, put this, the biggest yes on the table to him. It's because, and we'll see it in scripture here in just a second. If he gives us the details right now, a lot of times, what we will do is we will immediately start modifying the plan. Is if we know the plan, we'll start negotiating the plan. We'll start talking with God about the plan. Oh, I think I see a better way. God, right? If he gives us the plan, you know, this morning, we'll end up running ahead of him with that plan in our hands saying, I got the plan now. Okay, here I go. I know what I'm going to do. Here I go with the plan. And God's like, hey, you're missing it. The plan was me. I am the plan. 
You don't want to go without me. You don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to take a step without me. You don't want to run ahead without me. And so he knows sometimes it's just best to say, I want you to say yes to me. And am I enough for you to say yes to? And when we say yes to him, he begins to unfold the rest of the plan. And so now he occasionally will give us the details and a lot of the details. Like I, I want to point us to Acts 9. Um, you know, if we, if we look at this, how many details that he gives to Ananias. Ananias is a godly man. He wants to be used by the Lord. And so he's available and he's listening. And so all of a sudden he gets this message from the Lord in verse 11. And the Lord told him to rise and go to a street called Straight and go to the house of Judas. Okay, that's pretty specific, right? I, I, he says, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. Now, again, that's very specific. So we know that God can be very specific down to the point of when you get to Straight Street, if there's a guy there from Tarsus named Bob, that's not it, <laughs> right? I'm looking for a guy from Tarsus named Saul, and he's going to be praying. When you find him, he is going to be praying. And he has seen a vision, in a vision, a man named Ananias, that's you, by the way. <laughs> He's seen a guy named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. So there is a very specific and pointed invitation. And so what does Ananias do? Of course he says, absolutely, I'm going to go. N no, that's not what happened. <laughs> what does he do? Not quite. He starts negotiating with God. This is what he says, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here, right here, right where we are, right here, right now, he has authority. He has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name, like me, <laughs> right? And so he's having a conversation and that's our tendency. When God gives us a plan, we start modifying and even negotiating the plan with God. We try this is funny, but we try to do this. We try to inform God. Well, but God, you, 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 you can't be serious. It can't be Saul of Tarsus because he, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> right? It can't be him. And, and, you know, God's like, are you kidding me? Uh, he came here with what? He did what? He's who? Why didn't somebody tell me that Saul of Tarsus, you know, was a problem for my people? I am so sorry. I had bad information. I, I did not know that all of this amazing stuff that you're informing me of when, you, when I sent you to his house, knowing that he's already praying and that he's expecting a guy named Ananias and there's not a lot of them around, you know, who is led by my hands to lead him into his future. The on of God is supposed to be coming through you, Ananias. But do you see how God replies to him? Look at this. It says, but the Lord said to him, what did he say? Go. Go. You know, he fills in a little detail. I, I, but, you know, I, I, I love that he didn't just start with all the detail. You know, he just starts off and says, Ananias, I need you to go. There's, there's a guy waiting on you who had a vision of you coming. So I need you to go. And because I love you, I'm going to give you just a little bit more detail, okay? This guy is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings of the children of Israel. In other words, he's a general. He's, he's, this guy is going to change history. And this guy that I've had my eye on since the foundations of the world, before he even saw me on the road to Damascus, I saw him. 
And so I, I, I've written him into my story and into my plan. And somebody needs to show up and lay hands on him by the power of my spirit so that his eyes will be opened and he will be filled with my spirit and he'll go on about the mission of changing the entire future of the world in my name. Will you be a part of that? It's a one or a zero. It's an on or off. It's a yes or a no. It's all in the balance. So let's, let's keep reading and see what happened. It says, so Ananias departed and he entered the house. See, I don't believe that Abraham was the only person alive that God has stepped into their moment and said, I'm inviting you to say a yes to me. There's, you see that in scripture, you see it. And, and so none of us are gonna do exactly what Abraham did. None of us are gonna be the father of the faith. You know, none of us are gonna be the, the father of, of Isaac and then Jacob and then all the lines that came after that. But God is stepping into your story and he's stepping into my story and he's saying, I'm asking you, would you be willing to put your yes on the table, not to a detailed plan, but to an almighty God? Because if you do, I'm gonna bless you and, and I will make your life a blessing and I will touch the lives of those around you through that yes. See, we're, we're down here a lot of times in our, our little microscopic world going, you know, I'm working on getting my promotion. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up my degree. I'm working on getting that second job. You know, I'm, I'm getting ahead in my sphere of influence. I'm, I'm actually getting promoted this time. Next week, I'm gonna start, you know, working on my portfolio. And our eyes are so small and our view is so small. And God is saying, you need to widen up your lens and see that your life was meant for something phenomenal and eternal and amazing. I wanna use you to touch the whole world. When Abraham said yes, then Isaac came on the scene, right? To an older dude and a married woman, you know, who are advanced in age, a miracle child was born because God said, your descendants are gonna be more numerous than the stars in the sky. And whenever God makes you a promise, you can believe he's gonna do whatever miracle necessary to bring that promise. Isaac then became a gateway to Jacob and Jacob became a gateway to the people of God and the lineage of Jesus. So that eventually the journey Abraham started towards the promised land, he arrived in Canaan and he set up shop in Canaan and the people of God were established in Canaan. And so that God could come to Canaan in the person of Jesus Christ and he could be born in that promised land and he could live and die and be raised from the dead so that you and I could be alive right now and so that the church could be born and Destiny Foursquare Church could be here today. You know, all because of the yes of Abraham. We're all standing right now in the flow of that yes. His yes opened the way for us. And when we see that, we have to ask the question, what is waiting on my yes today? What people, what nation, what sphere of influence, what generation is waiting on my yes to Almighty God? See, we, we don't say yes because often we, we don't think we're ready. You ever been there? <laughs> I want to say yes, but I don't think I'm ready to say yes yet. But see, here's the thing. If you've already said yes to a person, you wouldn't be so concerned about whether you have what it takes or not. 
because it's not to a plan, because you know that he had what it takes when you needed what it takes, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> He's got what it takes. If, if Abraham had gotten the plan, you know, part of the plan would have been him offering his son in an ultimate way on the mountaintop, right? But when he went in obedience, trusting God, trusting in a person, though it didn't make complete sense to you know, offer his son up when he got up to the top, there was a ram that was stuck in the briars. And God said, on the mountain, I will provide the sacrifice. Today, your heart is with me. And I knew it, but I wanted you to know it. But it, I also want you to know something else. I want you to know that my heart is with you. So there was a ram in the thicket. And right in that moment, Abraham said, this God's name is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. <laughs> On the mountain of the Lord, our God will provide a miracle sacrifice and miracle and miracle and miracle after that. And that is what is waiting for you and me when we put our yes on the table. So yes, we're gonna get into places where we're gonna have to trust God. There's a planning season, right? And so we're gonna get into difficult patches. We're gonna get where we're stretched, but, but God never gives you an invitation without fully expecting to do every miracle necessary to fulfill his promises over your life. So why would I put my yes? Here's the question. Why would I put my yes on the table to a God who doesn't want to show me the plan and give me all the details this morning? <laughs> That's a real question, right? Why would I want to do it? And the answer is simply this, because God has already said yes to you. Before you decided whether you wanted to be on or off with him, he already put a yes on the table. God is not against you. He is for you. I might say that again. God is not against you. He is for you, and he's put his yes in play for you. And so our yes may still be a little bit in process, right? Sometimes it takes us some time. And so maybe it was on the table, but then we took it off the table. Or maybe we put half of it on the table, and then we realized that half of it on the table wasn't very great. Or, you know, maybe we put a big, strong no on the table, right? Maybe we just put a maybe or a later on the table, but all the while, his yes is sitting on the table right now, and he's already made the first move. He already did it. He's already said to you, I love you. I value you. I am for you and not against you. And I want to lead you into a blessed life. I'm not talking about riches and fame and all the things that we associate with that. I'm, I, I want to lead you to the best possible outcome and influence in this world and in an eternity with me. You want to step into that blessing? I want to bless you and make you a blessing. I'm for you and I'm waiting for you. <laughs> What's your answer going to be? Is it an on? Is it an off? Is it a one? Is it a zero? Is it a yes? Or is it a no? And if you're thinking, well, I don't know why I would put a big yes on the table with a God who really isn't showing me any of the details, it's because you see his yes in the person of Jesus already sitting on the table. <laughs> it's already on the table. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says it this way, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. Don't you just love that? 
All of the promises of God find their yes in him. So come on, everything that he promised Abraham, it's coming through in Christ. Everything that he's promised Isaac is coming through in Christ. Everything he promised Jacob is coming through in Christ. Everything that he's promised in all the promises that he's made to all generations throughout all history, all of God's promises, they are yes in Jesus. In other words, when Jesus arrived, it was a full-hearted yes from Almighty God. And every blessing and every purpose is all wrapped up in the arrival of Jesus Christ on this planet. And so through him, that amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And so this is how it happens. We see Jesus and we go, God is saying yes to everything that God said that he was gonna do. So my response to that is I say amen to the glory of God. Yes in Jesus, amen from the church. Yes in Jesus, amen from the church. And that yes is on the table. And I, I, think, I think we roll through the door a lot of times and we're like, you know, yeah, Jesus and blah, 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 blah. But he came, isn't it amazing? He was born of the Virgin Mary and he's born in Bethlehem in a major. How cute is that? You know, awesome donkeys and camels and sheep. And it was wonderful. No, it was a resounding declaration about God's commitment to you. Even before you even contemplated saying, yes, Lord. The Lord said yes to you. And so the reason Abraham had to move on, you know, from the, from the Ur of the Chaldeans and made the move toward Canaan, the promised land, because something went terribly wrong in the Garden of Eden, right? One guy said no to God, and we all want to rain on his parade, right? It, if it, you know, what a loser Adam is, right? Yeah, we, want to, we want to talk about him, but come on. You know, is there anybody in this gathering that would say in good confidence, if it had been me in the garden, you know, um, and not Adam in the garden, while I would have preserved humanity and maintains God's plan and kept everything on the up and up and ensured, you know, that paradise would be perfect. The, the scripture says, Romans 5 says, through one man's sin, all have sinned. And so one no wrecked the pathway for, for like human history, right? And so just like one no can do major damage to your life, right? We've, some of us have experienced that. Just like the power of standing in a moment can wreck everything for us. Yes to the right thing is a gateway to God's blessing. Yes to the wrong thing, a, a gauntlet of regret. And so that no, which was a yes to himself, it was a yes to wanting to be something that he thought God was keeping him from. It was a yes to seeing it his way. It was a yes to deception, right? It was a yes to a lie and a yes to the lie and a no to God. That no kind of wrecked things for us. And so now Abraham is on the way to Canaan and Canaan became a reality so that in another garden, in another night, at another place in time, another man, the God-man named Jesus Christ, can kneel down in that other garden to rectify what happened in the first garden. And, that, and if that was the off and, and that was the no, then God was saying, I do not want you to live in the no. I want you to be able to step into the yes and the amen of God. And Jesus Christ knelt down in that other garden. He said a yes that rectified everything that had been wrecked in our lives. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, he said, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Yes, Lord. So I will say yes to you, my father, because I know us and I know you and we are good and, and we are God, right? And our glory is the best glory. So I'm saying yes to you, father, but I'm also saying yes to the plan too, because you know what? I have a very detailed plan 
tomorrow afternoon at three o'clock, I'm gonna be on a cross and I'm gonna be dead. And so saying, I'm saying yes to that. I'm saying yes to all of it. I'm gonna do the one thing that can turn off condemnation and turn on grace. So I'm saying on to mercy. And I'm saying that there was a big, you know, I know that there was a big no in the garden and I know that they've been living under that no all this time and they've been living in the off. But here's the good news. Mercy is coming on as of right now and forgiveness is coming on as of right now and the kindness of God is coming on right now. Life is on and death is going off. <laughs> and two days later, I'm turning on the heart of the Father for his people, and I'm saying yes to the plan, and I'm saying yes to you. And no one no wrecked all of humanity, and one yes changed all of eternity. And that's why you can put your big yes up on the table and say, I don't need a plan. I'm saying yes to the one who died for me. So yes, Lord. Practically, what that looks like is it looks like cherishing and relishing every single opportunity that you get to say yes and you get to say no. I am praying... (laughs) This is what I'm praying for this series, for us. I am praying that fireworks will go off in our mind this morning. I, fireworks will go off in our minds tomorrow. Every time a yes opportunity comes along, I hope that we will step back and think, you know, do I wanna open a gateway to a blessing or am I opening a gateway to a, a gauntlet of regret? Every time that we are given that opportunity of a one or a zero or an on or an off or a yes or a no, that we will cherish and we will cultivate those two little words, those two little gateways. They're not throwaway words, but as a doorway to what God has for us. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, so think about it this morning. Just think about this in practical terms this morning. Whether, whether you're talking to yourself or a friend or a classmate or coworker or a neighbor, at the end of every little paragraph and, and, and phrase, right, there's a moment. Like at the end of the invitation to Abraham, you know, there's a moment. And in that moment, you're going to have a chance to respond, right? And you're going to have to, to have the chance to either say in that moment yes or no to something that's maybe negative. You watch how this happens, even the rest of today and tomorrow. You know, somebody is going to be in a conversation. You're going to get to the end of the sentence or they're going to get to the end of the sentence. They're going to look at you and they're going to go, and so what do you think? Right? And right in that moment, you're going to have the chance to build your life right then and right there. And you're going to be able to build the code of your life on your yes and your no in that very moment. Am I going to trash somebody? Am I going to choose to step out of this because it's not my business anyway? Or, and I don't need you know, somebody else's downfall to make me feel better about who I am or what I think. Because I've got a mighty and a great God who's already said yes to me. And, and, you know, who's calling me into a destiny and into a purpose and into a future. And I started this day with my yes on the table. So what do you think about all that? And a good answer could be, you know, well, I, I don't think I really even need to add to that. I just don't know. I wasn't there. And, you know, even if you do know or if you were there, it's, is, is it worth it to just say yes to the negative when saying no to the negative actually sets your life and maybe somebody else's life in a direction that's positive? 
See how that works? Every, everybody following me there? So that's going to happen a hundred times tomorrow. At the end of sentences, you're going to have the opportunity to say yes to being afraid or no to being afraid. Information is going to come your way in ones and zeros, and it's going to translate into a sentence and then into a paragraph, and you're going to hear it. And at the end of that paragraph, you're going to have a choice to make. Do I speak in love right now? Do I want to back up right now? Do I want to let hate have a foothold in my life? Am I going to say yes to hate right now? Or am I going to say I have a God who is bigger than the circumstance in this situation and in this conversation? I've already said yes to that God in his direction for my life. And so why would I say yes to hate when I've already said yes to the one who is the very definition of love? You have an opportunity. And a lot of times we choose yes to saying unkind things to argue our case by spewing out hate. But if you keep choosing to say yes to hate, guess what you're coding into your future? With bits and bites and ones and zeros. But if you keep choosing to say, uh, you know, all of that, if you code into the future, those little words are packed with power. And so it'll happen dozens of times. And I'm just asking that when it does, that a little alarm or that Holy Spirit fireworks will go off and something will happen when we get to those moments and we'll go, oh, this is a yes or, oh, this is a no. This is a one or this is a zero. This is an on or this is an off. This is the building block of life. This is one of the the foundational components of life. Do I say yes to envy at the end of this paragraph? Anybody been there? You know, the paragraph, you know, ends and you're like, well, I hate you and I, I kind of hate me and it's choking the life out of us. And at the end of every paragraph, you're going to have a chance to say yes to envy or no to envy, yes to self or no to self, yes to a scarcity mentality or no, because I've already said yes to a God who promised to bless me five times over if I would walk with him and just trust him. There's going to be so much blessing in my life. I don't have to hoard. I can be a giver. I don't need to be a taker. I'm a blessed son and a blessed daughter of God. And I've already said yes to the one who's leading me into the promised land. I can say yes to the spirit of God in this moment or no to the spirit of God in this moment. And I don't want to go to straight street because there's trouble and Saul of Tarsus. But here's the thing is not bigger than Jehovah Jireh. (laughs) And on the mountain of the Lord, he will provide. So let's go to straight street in confidence that the God who promised when he put the invitation on the table will do the miracle necessary to see the promise come true in our lives. Amen. We can go on and on and say yes to being faithful at the end of that paragraph. And you can say no to being faithful at the end of that paragraph. And you can say yes to obedience You can say no to obedience, yes to moving with God into action. And you can say, well, or, you know, we could do this. We do this a lot of times. I'm going to pray about it. And he goes, you don't need to. I just gave you a yes. (laughs) I just asked you to go, Ananias. I don't need a 30-day fast. I've got a guy waiting right now on Straight Street. I don't need you to huddle up at Starbucks and say, guys, what do you think? Will you pray for me? And God's like, did I ask you to pray for him? I'm sorry, is this thing on? 
<laughs> right? Did I say it? Did I say to go pray? Isn't that awesome? God can just blow our thinking up that way. You know, well, I'll pray with you, brother. And we just, what we need that brother to say to us is, I'm not praying one second about that. You need to go. <laughs> God said to go, you need to go. You need to step, you need to move. God is asking you to get involved. God is asking you to open up your hands. God is asking you to be the answer to somebody else's prayer who is already praying. You're the answer to the prayer and they're praying. So if you're praying about what they're already praying about, then they're just not getting what they're believing God for. (laughs) Somebody is praying and God's saying, Here's the answer. Some people are waiting, and God is saying, you are the answer. Some generation, some family, some future, some nation, some people, some company, some campus. Somebody's praying, and God's waking you up and saying, hey, would you be willing to just leave what looks comfortable and feels comfortable and step out with nothing but a promise Because Jehovah Jireh is going to be on that mountain of the Lord and he is going to provide. There's a promise attached to my yes that's on the table. I'm going to step out and see what I can do. Come on, church. We're worshiping God and we're celebrating Jesus who is the yes of God and the amen of heaven. And that one yes of Jesus can undo every no that you've said. And that one yes of Jesus can undo every selfish yes you have said to yourself. There's just one exception to what that yes can do. That yes cannot change a life that doesn't say yes to Jesus. And that yes is in somebody's hands right now. And it's the most powerful thing that we have in our life. And Jesus is saying this morning, if you just say yes to me, then I will receive that yes and I will say yes to you. And listen, you will be forgiven and you'll be born again and raised to a new life as a son or a daughter of God. For those of us who are believers, we've already said yes to Jesus this morning. I just wanna talk to us as we close um, this morning. We, we, we were talking about and we're singing this song about being planted, about growing. What, you ever think about what it feels like to be planted? Leo sent me, our friend Leo over at Harvest Church, uh, sent me a video this morning and he, he had a, there was a preacher talking about talking to a seed, having a conversation with a seed. You ever think about what the, the seed it feels like to be planted? You know, what, what, we sing this song about, you know, the garden's gonna grow and we talk about being planted, but okay, what does that feel like? What's it, what's it all about? Well, let's think about what it feels like for a second. It feels like dirt. <laughs> and I'm not a farmer, but, you know, Jesus talks a lot about seeds. He talks about fruit. He talks about being planted. So what's all this farming stuff about, right? I'm just wondering if the seed could speak, what would the seed say it feels like to be planted? Seed, what's it feel like to be planted? Does it feel good? Seed's like, no, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey seed, is it, is it comfortable? No, it's not comfortable. <laughs> If the seed could speak, maybe, maybe that's what he would say. And we, we all know that the potential of the seed, like Derek said earlier this morning, is to, to blossom and to bear much fruit. And some of us have been bypassing with a no, that which what God has called us to do. 
Some of us have derailed our destiny, continuing to bypass the yes that God is calling us to. And some of us this morning, he's calling you back to put your yes on the table. And so I'm just wondering, you know, if the seed could speak, what would he say? You know, seed, what, what does it feel like to be planted? I, you know, I, I just want to think about this morning. If the seed could speak, he'd say it feels like dirt. Well, what's the dirt feel like, Mr. Seed? Is it fun down there? No, it, it feels like a hole has been dug and I've, I've, I laid my life down. I said, I said yes and I've surrendered all that I am and I've put myself into the ground. And sometimes, you know what? I, I'll be honest, it's not comfortable because the dirt, sometimes it, it, you know, it comes on top of me and sometimes I can feel that weight on me. You ever just feel like life is just weighing on you? I, I, you know, I, I think I would have graduated from this by now. I think I would have figured this out by now, but it just feels like this dirt weighing down on me. It just feels like more pressure and more responsibility. Dirt can mean so many different things, you know, this morning. It could be the pain in your life that you're avoiding. So many people trying to escape from their pain, you know, we're, and we're praying the prayer, Lord, take away my pain and discomfort. But many times God's saying, no, I, I need to let the dirt do the work. Because in the same way that your life has potential, the dirt has a purpose. And your no's have not disqualified you. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Your no's have not disqualified you. They have not rendered you useless. Rather, this is just dirt and all of it has a purpose. It does not feel comfortable to be planted. And so some of you, you're in this place this morning, you, whether you're online or, or in this room this morning, unless I get a word from God, you know, I, I, I'm done with this church thing. I'm done with this Jesus thing. Some of you walked in thinking, I just need to find some comfort. I just need to find some peace. You know, I just need to find some rest. And I just want to submit to you this morning as we close that maybe all of this discomfort and maybe all of this dissatisfaction from a really crazy year is not an indication that you are outside of God's will, but maybe it's the fact, the very fact that in this life you might feel buried, but you are not buried, you are planted. Like a seed in the ground. And it's just a matter of time if you let the dirt do its work and the Son of God do its work that something is about to grow. Something's gonna blossom. Something's gonna flourish. I know it was invisible yesterday, but it's about to grow. This garden is gonna grow. So let the dirt do the work. You're not buried. You're just planted. And your yes has put you in a position to grow and to flourish and to step into the blessing of God. Can God bring you to a place of flourishing? Yes, he can. <laughs> I want you to say that with me. I'm gonna ask that question again. Can God bring you to a place of flourishing? Yes, he can. Can God provide a miracle on the mountain? Yes, he can. Can God make a way when it seems like there is no way? Yes, he can. Father God, we thank you for your yes. God, we thank you that you came to us. You came as a rescue to us. And Lord, so many times we have the opportunity, maybe hundreds of times a day, to say yes to your will and to your way. God, I pray that that would be the language of your people, that we would lean into your yes. 
and you would train our lips to say no to the things of the world, but that we would lean into your purposes and your plan, that we would wake up in the morning and say, okay, what doors do you have for me to walk through this morning? I want to lean into your yes and for your plan and your purpose for my life today because I believe that yes, you can bring a miracle on the mountain. Yes, you can use my life to influence those around me. You can bless me to bless others. Lord, you can, you can bless those all around me in my neighborhood and all on the planet like you used Abraham with his yes. Lord, our prayer this morning is that you would use us and we say yes to your purposes and your plans. In your mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. Pastor Derek. Thank you, Pastor Sean. That was dangerous. Uh, we're not going to end with a salvation call type message thing this morning. I just want to take a minute. I want to I want to kind of plant an idea, plant some some thoughts in your mind, and we'll revisit next week. But we have no problem believing that Adam's no caused sin for all humanity. No problem. Most everybody is like, yeah, sure, people are horrible. We look around, we read the news, people are horrible. Adam messed it up. Everybody's bad. For the most part, everybody just accepts that. What we struggle with is believing that Jesus' yes was powerful enough to wipe all that out. We believe, at least on a subconscious level, that our power to sin is greater than Jesus' power to forgive and heal. So what I want to leave you with this morning is something that Pastor Brent used to say. Pastor Brent is one of our founding pastors. He used to say, let your yes be bigger than your no. And the idea of that is that I don't have to say no to any bad thing in my life. I don't have to say no to anything that comes my way because if my yes to Jesus is big enough, it won't matter. If I'm coming out of addiction, I don't have to say no to the addiction. I don't have to fight that battle if my yes to Jesus is the biggest thing. And we're not gonna end with a salvation call this morning because there's so much weight behind the yes that we're talking about. I don't wanna stand up here and say, hey, if you were moved by that message and you're in an emotional spot, in emotional space, why don't you go ahead and pray this prayer with me so we can lock it down while you're feeling like you're feeling. No, I want you guys to take this home. And I want you to think about it and I want you to ruminate on it and I want you to weigh it. Have I said yes to Jesus and what size is that yes? Am I on board with Jesus as long as it's comfortable? Or am I on board with Jesus, period? Am I like a seed scattered on the top of the ground that birds can come and pick away and I'm not really ever going to do much? Or have I said yes to Jesus where I've been planted deep, where I can really grow and where it might be uncomfortable, but I will grow grow and become who God has called me to be. That's your challenge this week. I want you guys to think about this and I want you to weigh it. Okay. Adam said no. We dealt with that. Jesus came and said, ah, ah, but yes. Will you say yes to me? And 
this is a yes that we can say daily. So it's not something like, I'm, I'm not saying, are you saved? Are you not saved? I'm saying, when we come in here next week, we're gonna continue this short little conversation. Is your yes bigger than your no?